Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. A couple months ago, I was doing my nightly routine at about 2 a.m. After I finished getting ready for bed, I took my dog out, and when she came in, I turned off all the lights in the house. I walked in the kitchen and over to the light and didn't see anything. As soon as I turned off my light, I saw something out of the corner of my eye. I turned and saw a tall, skinny, white, humanoid creature thing sitting at the head of the dining room table. I ran with my dog and went to my room, and the energy felt off for the rest of the night. There are also some more experiences that have happened when I was younger, and more recently that are probably unrelated to this as well, such as hearing voices talk when I was younger and weird sounds over my house.
Last night, I got a call from a military buddy that he was looking for a ride home from the bar and didn't want to spend 30 on an Uber ride. I said, sure, I was hungover myself and figured it would help to drive with the windows down and get some air. It was probably 12.30 a.m. and I was driving around my neighborhood trying to take an alternate route that I hadn't taken before but knew about. Basically, one that went through residential areas and stayed off of the bigger, more populated routes. I didn't really want to fight traffic the entire way getting downtown. So as I'm driving everything was normal, I was listening to some random podcast about World War II. But then, as I'm passing this one random house a couple streets down from mine, there's a kid standing in the front yard, right on the edge of the road. To be honest, this doesn't sound that weird, but looking back, it was past midnight, and this kid was maybe 10, 11 years old. He had on a red shirt. Thin shorts and sneakers with a blonde bowl cut. Totally normal-looking kid. So as I'm coming up to this kid, I get to a speed bump and head slow down. So I was able to get a better look at him. He wasn't playing. He wasn't running around. No other kids were with him. He was just standing completely still and meeting my gaze as I'm going past. Like the entire way down the street, he doesn't stop staring. And after I had passed him, I keep looking at my rearview mirror, and he still doesn't stop looking. He doesn't cross the street or go back to playing around. He just keeps standing there, staring at my truck. On the drive back, I told my friend after picking him up about the kid, and he was interested. So I took him back through the same way where I saw the kid this time he wasn't there. Fast forward to when me and my friend get back to my place sitting in my living room, shooting the shit watching YouTube, and we hear this super fast quiet knocking at the door. Like so quiet my AC almost completely smothered the sound. It's like 1.30 a.m. at this point and both my roommates are out of town for the long weekend. So I was kind weary of answering the door. I peek out the window next to the front door and see no one there. Honestly, this could have just been a tree limb hitting the roof near the front door. But in that moment, it was like I was having a heart attack thinking I'd see that kid there. Later, when I was in bed just laying there, I heard a few more random knocks in different places. My bedroom is right next to the front door and goes out onto the patio that the front door connects to. These knocks could have been at the front door or just in some random spot in the house. At this point, I was so tired I really didn't really care to worry a bit and passed out. Waking up this morning thinking about it, those knocks creeped me out a bit more. But just doing a walkthrough of my front patio... Nothing was out of the regular, so there's not much else to go on. I know this really isn't the most bone-chilling story, but kinda goes to show how kids can be so creepy with zero effort. This happened when I was an infant. My father was driving me and him to meet up with my mother and older brother at our grandparents' house. It was some sort of family emergency, mild heart attack, if I remember correctly. This was in the south, where my father is from. He's heard all sorts of creepy stories and occurrences and loves to tell them. As he tells it, it was the middle of the night. He got a call about the family emergency and picked me up from the babysitter and left right away. 
there's a bridge that he's driven many times before in his youth. The type of bridge that's popular in horror movies. It crossed a wide river and was covered in fog so you couldn't see the other side. My father was in the military and made this drive many times to visit his parents. He says he's heard of strange happenings on the bridge, but had never seen any. Well, this night, about halfway across the bridge, he finds a truck with a hood open and a man frantically waving for him to stop and getting into his line of travel. My father says he looked harmless enough, just a guy with a breakdown, but such an odd place for one. Dad just doesn't feel right about this situation. So he guns it and honks, pretty much letting the guy know to get out of the way or get hit. The man dived out of the way, and my father sees three more men get out of the bed of the truck, slam the hood closed, and start to turn around. My father served as military police for a long period and knew exactly what to expect. He drove as fast as he could to a turnoff he remembered from his previous trips. This next part confuses me, but he claims it made sense. He believed he couldn't outrun our pursuers, so he pulled off it at the small dirt road he knew. He drove as far as the road allowed, which apparently was still in sight of the main paved road, and got out of the car with me in his service pistol. My mom loves the next part. He gave me my bottle and favorite stuffed animal and placed me in my car seat behind the tree. Then he went to the opposite side of the small clearing and waited. I'm sure people will be confused, but he knew if they found the car, he would, hopefully, shoot first and end it quickly or draw them away from me. He says it only took a few moments before the truck, probably filled with crazy hillbillies, drove past and out of our lives. After waiting a little, he made his way back across the bridge to the next town and brought the local cops to the bridge. They said they had heard of missing people heading down that road, but had never found anything. Again, they came up empty. Wish I knew if they ever got caught. Edit, not exactly secluded, but in the area where the film deliverance is supposed to have happened. So I counted. As a Forest Service employee, I had spent countless hours in the wilderness. Anyhow, this happened at Music Creek, southeast of Estacada, Oregon. It was late, and darkness had settled over the landscape like a heavy shroud. I was driving along the winding road, my headlights cutting through the gloom, casting in glow on the surrounding trees. The stillness of the night was broken only by the hum of my engine. And then it happened. In the fleeting moment that my headlights illuminated the road ahead, I saw it, a massive figure darting across the asphalt. Its size alone was enough to send chills down my spine. Towering at a staggering seven to eight feet tall, it was a dark silhouette against the night, moving with an astonishing speed down the slope. My heart raced and a surge of adrenaline flooded my vein. What had I just seen? Could it be possible? In that split second, my mind grappled with the unimaginable. Was this a Bigfoot? The stories that had circulated throughout the region suddenly took on a new meaning. I'd always regarded them as mere folklore, stories passed down through generations. But now, confronted with this inexplicable sight, I couldn't deny the possibility that these held some grain of truth. I brought my car to a screeching halt, my hands gripping the steering wheel tightly. My gaze remained fixed on the spot where the creature had disappeared into the darkness. 
Fear mingled with curiosity, and a wave of trepidation washed over me. Should I investigate further? Should I pursue this enigma that had crossed my path? Part of me longed for answers, a desire to unravel the mysteries that lay hidden within the depths of these woods. But another part, a voice of caution, urged me to retreat. The unknown can be a dangerous realm. And venturing further into its clutches might invite consequences beyond my comprehension. Reluctantly, I made the decision to drive away, leaving the shadowy figure behind. Good morning as I sit reading this article. It amazes me that no one caught one of these things yet. I understand that if something with a 25-30 feet wingspan flies past you, you're not going to grab your camera as a first instinct. My son and I saw this thing in the summer of 2010 in Mertztown, Pennsylvania. We were parked on the side of the road in a heavily wooded area when this thing casually glided up the road. It looked big enough to carry a full-grown man away with no effort. When the winged thing flew over the hood of my car, we instantly ducked down... This thing had a round, human-sized head with no beak and huge, bat-like wings. Now, I would never tell this story if it wasn't for my 16-year-old son sitting in the back seat who also witnessed it on that summer day. I'm a pretty capable guy. Not too many things can shake me. But this thing scared me. Here is what I saw. The body was five, six feet in length accessible. The wingspan was 25, 30 feet easy. No feathers, bait-like skin, jet black, and a four or five feet skinny rat or dragon, like tail that stuck straight out. This thing didn't fly like a bird. It glided about ten feet off the ground at a plodding speed. After fifty, seventy-five feet of gliding, it took one huge flap of the wings, never changing elevation, and glided up the road till it disappeared into the woods. I'm convinced this thing lives underground probably near some sort of hot spring, because it has no feathers. Well, that's my story. Feel free to reply with any questions. That 45-second event will forever be etched into memory. I say we find it and catch it. I would love to see it again up close. I remember that day as a day like no other in my life as a hunter. It was a cool morning as I ventured into the forest, eager to track down the prey that would provide sustenance for my family. As I roamed deeper into the woods, I spotted a stag. Its antlers reached towards the sky, and the way the sun glistened off its coat made it seem almost mystical. This was no ordinary stag. It was a creature of sheer beauty, unlike any I had encountered before. I aimed my rifle, my heart pounding in anticipation. The shot was precise, and as the stag fell, I couldn't help but feel a sense of satisfaction. I knew this kill would provide us with ample meat for the upcoming months, and my family would be grateful. What made this stag even more remarkable was a large jet-black spot under one of its eyes. It was like a unique signature, a mark that set it apart from any other animal I'd ever hunted. The next day I decided to venture to a different part of the forest. The thrill of the hunt was in my blood, and I couldn't resist the call of the wild.
As I cautiously peered through my scope, I spotted another stag. It was a beautiful creature, and as I focused my sight, my heart stopped. It couldn't be, but it was. The stag had the same distinctive black spot under its eye. My mind raced with confusion. How could this be? Was it possible that this was the same stag I had killed just a day ago? I couldn't fathom it. It was as if the spirit of the animal I'd taken had returned to haunt me. My hands trembled as I took aim once more. My fingers squeezed the trigger, but this time my shot missed its mark. The stag turned and our eyes locked. It felt as if the creature peered into my very soul and the chilling sensation sent shivers down my spine. In an instant, the stag bolted, disappearing into the dense underbrush. I was left standing there, feeling an inexplicable unease. I couldn't shake the feeling that I had encountered something beyond the realm of the natural world, something haunting. I returned home, my thoughts filled with questions. Was it the same stag, or had it been a mere coincidence? So this is something that I'm still experiencing to this day. Like, literally, as I'm typing this, I'm just gonna start at the beginning. I live in a rural area surrounded by woods, and that's about it. A few years after moving here, me and my father started hearing things in the woods at night. It started off just sounding like an animal until we both heard what sounded like a little girl saying hello. When looking around with my father, no one was found. This continued for years, but never to this extent. A few months ago, I was walking home from taking up the trash. It was around 9 p.m. and dark. As I walked, I could hear something following me in the woods next to me. I assumed it was just a squirrel or something until I heard laughing directly in my ear. Loud. I was unable to run due to a mild leg injury at the time, so I just called my mom as I walked home. Nothing else happened that night. After that, our dogs would start barking like crazy every night at around that same time. Then, starting a few months ago, this thing started trying to imitate our dogs. We always let the dogs in at 7 p.m., and around 9 p.m., the barking would start. The barking in question, though, is very obvious, not natural. It is almost human-like and follows a strict pattern. Bark, one second. Bark, bark three seconds, and repeats for about thirty minutes before stopping. Once stopping, there will be taps and scratching on my window for a few minutes before everything stops completely and returns to normal. No one else in my house really cares as much as I do, and I know I'm probably over it. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Reacting. There is probably a decent explanation to this. But for now, I'm going to assume it's some sort of skinwalker or crawler. I'm an ecologist, used to work as an environmental monitor for some pretty remote mining operations here in Australia. Long backcountry driving, taking water samples upstream. And downstream of the mine. That sort of thing? Most field days you're looking at about a 12-14 hour day, and you're unlikely to see another human being the entire time. During the shorter daylight months, I'd often be starting and finishing work in the dark. About a month into the job, I noticed when driving down the roads through the scrub after sunset, there were all these little glimmering reflections on the road and in the grass, as if there were lots of little specks of broken glass reflecting back my vehicle spotlights. After seeing this every evening for a couple of months, I decided to find out what it was, got out of the truck, walked over to one and realized it was the reflecting eyes of a spider coming out begin their night's hunt. I must have passed millions of them before finding out what they were. One night a few years ago, my aunt and I were driving down a familiar road we had traveled countless times before. It was a typical evening. Nothing out of the ordinary until something caught my attention. Out of the corner of my eye, I glimpsed a fleeting figure darting across the road and disappearing into the woods. I couldn't shake off the strangeness of what I had just witnessed. The creature I saw was unlike anything I had encountered before. It was smaller in size, hunched over, with a grayish complexion and sparse hair. The way it moved reminded me of a chimpanzee or some kind of primate. Instantly, I knew it wasn't a raccoon or any other familiar animal that I was accustomed to seeing in the area. Living on the East Coast, I was accustomed to the local wildlife and had seen my fair share of creatures in the region. However, this sighting was completely out of the ordinary. The image of that peculiar creature lingered in my mind and I couldn't help but wonder what it could have been. I immediately shared my observation with my aunt, expressing my bewilderment at the sight we had just witnessed. She too was taken aback by the strangeness of the encounter. It was clear that this was no ordinary animal crossing our path that night. In the years that followed, I kept an eye out during my travels, hoping to catch another glimpse of that mysterious creature. However, it seemed that the sighting was a singular event, a fleeting encounter with an enigmatic being. Despite my curiosity, I never came across anything similar again. To this day, the memory of that night remains etched in my mind. I often find myself pondering the nature of the creature I saw and the mystery surrounding its existence. Was it a rare and elusive species that had managed to remain hidden from human eyes? 
or perhaps it was a creature from folklore venturing into our world for a brief moment. While I may never know the true identity of the creature I encountered that night, the experience has left me with a sense of wonder and an appreciation for the unknown. It serves as a reminder that there are still mysteries waiting to be unraveled even in the familiar landscapes we think we know so well. So as I continue my journeys and explore the world around me, I keep my senses sharp, ready to embrace it. Unexpected and embrace the possibility of encountering something extraordinary. Who knows what other secrets the night may hold, just beyond the reach of our ordinary perceptions. Years ago, I lived at a cabin with my husband and young child, three-year-old and one dog. The layout of the house plays a role. The front door lead to the living room, and there was a small hallway that led to kitchen and our kids' room off to the right. In the hallway, there was a bathroom L and main bedroom R off it. Our dog used to sleep in the hallway. It was late, and my husband and kid were sleeping. I had been in the living room watching TV. I had heard a noise like a whine or like I was being called, and it made me jump. It was weird. It was sounding like my kid, but not really... But at that point, I had just assumed it was her. So I had walked down the hallway. The dog was sitting up staring at my kid's room, so I stepped around her and walked over to my kid's room. My child was sitting straight up, looking straight, not making a noise. I laid her back down and went back towards the living room. Again, I heard the same odd, hard-to-describe noise and walked back down to her room. Again, the same thing. The dog looked on edge as well. I stayed up for a little while to make sure she has gone back to sleep and to get dog to relax. I eventually went into the bedroom and laid down. Still, my ears were on high alert given the circumstances. I laid there for a while trying to sleep, but it seemed like something was stopping me from relaxing enough to actually fall asleep. I tossed and turned a bit. I had been laying on my right side facing my closet, and when I rolled back onto my back, I saw something that has forever stayed with me. I legit see it so clearly as I write this. At the end of my bed stood a small boy, probably seven or eight. My eyes literally couldn't blink. I was shocked but not terrified like most would think. I was bewildered because I could see him clear as day. Young boy with a hat and tan. His clothes with suspenders. I swear on everything he said something, and I turned away, because now I thought I was losing my mind. Not only could I see him clear as day, but now I could hear him speaking. It sounded like help. I rolled back toward the closet and closed my eyes real tight and was hoping he'd disappear. But nope, I was wrong. When I opened my eyes, he was now standing directly in front of my face. Like I said, he was seven-eight so his face was right in front of mine when I opened my eyes. While looking this boy straight in the face, he said something, and all I could think of was the TV shows that say, all you have to do is tell them to leave, and it's okay to move on. So I had reopened my eyes, hoping he was gone, and as I went to say, it's okay to pass on and to please leave my home. I got 99% of it out, and I said the last word. I clearly heard him and watched him raise his right hand slightly and said no. Waiting when I blinked, he was gone. 
Scared shitless, I got up check my kid's room. She was fast asleep. My dog was relaxed now, asleep in the hallway, and nothing seemed weird anymore. I laid back down, freaked out, and thinking I was going crazy. At some point, I fell asleep. The next day, I told my husband and best friend. My boyfriend completely was taken aback by it and how out of this world it was, and my husband was shocked he didn't hurt anything while it was happening. The image of this boy has stayed with me ever since. I googled the property that I was living in at that point to see if any children who looked like him had gone missing and never could uncover anything shady. The property was at the location of a war that was fought, and there were a couple youngins who had gone missing, but nothing concrete. I've had random odd things happen, like feeling someone run my head from behind, but this, this is something that has always stayed with me. His face is just as detailed today as it was over a decade ago. I attached a pic of a boy wearing a similar type outfit as the boy that I had saw. I went on a GAP semester as part of a cohort of 15 students in the Wind River Mountain Range for 26 days. We were doing ANOLS course without technology for a learning requirement for first. Year students. Awesome opportunity. Anyway, it was getting late and our LOD, leader of the day, was upset because it was getting dark out and this was the final stretch in a group of five. We were split into packs of five near the end, so we happened upon a tucked-in corner at a high altitude that looked to be an old camp. By this point, it was too dark to carry on, so we scouted out the area. It was unsettling because there were bear traps everywhere. There was no sign of life, but a distinct humming noise was omnipresent. Out of curiosity, I walked into a tent with a friend, and there were three rusty chainsaws and a rotting leg of some animal. It smelled awful. There was no food except for a few cans that had expired three years prior, but the humming got louder. There was also a video camera inside, with a note on the ground that read, I haven't forgotten. At that point, we decided to leave really fast and traveled three more miles to distance ourselves. Those three miles with nothing but flashlights in the pitch dark was one of the most nerve-wracking times of my life. It may have honestly been nothing but five guys who had to get to the final landing point in three days without seeing people for a week was enough. I marked the approximate coordinates on my map at the time, and I may have it in my desk at home. I'll try to post it if I find it when I'm on break. I'm a 22-year-old archery hunter that lives in and hunts Nevada. I still hunt to this day, but this is something that definitely shook me up back in the summer of 2017. I was mule deer hunting, and after a long, hot summer day of hiking and searching, I had finally spotted some deer across the canyon that had bedded down under the shade of a thick mahogany tree patch on top of the opposite mountains from me. The sun was setting, and since I lacked the time to make a multiple-hour sneak, I decided I would return to camp and hike up early the next morning, while it was still dark so I could have a good chance at spotting them going down to water at first light. At about 3 a.m., completely dark still. 
I headed out of camp and up into the darkness with my bow and pack. At first, the ascent up the mountainside was wide-open sage country and was somewhat lit by a full moon and an incredible showing of stars. So I opted to not turn on my headlamp and to walk amongst the stars. Once I had gotten to the ridge line, I was faced with a thick row of mahogany trees that followed the whole ridge up to the peak. The transition from vast, open, starlit, sage-covered mountainside to the enclosed mahogany canopy was like entering another world. Anyone who's been in a thick mahogany or aspen patch knows how. Confined it can feel. It was already dark, but it was another level of dark and quiet under the thick mahogany canopy. I turned on the headlamp and ventured into the thick mahogany patch. A nighttime hike like this was nothing new for me, but after about the first half mile in that confined, dark, completely quiet, mahogany jungle, something just felt wrong, the type of wrong that makes neck hairs stand up and send stingles through your body. I nervously covered the next few miles with only a few breaks. About half an hour before sunrise, I made it the spot, sat down in the darkness, and waited quietly with my binoculars for the sun to rise. The sun rose, and the deer were nowhere to be found. It was a disappointing morning, sitting on the mountaintop, looking through my binoculars for the deer to no avail. At about noon, I decided it was time to head back to camp and regroup. I started back into the mahoganies to find my tracks to follow back to camp. As soon as I found my tracks, I noticed something that made my blood run cold. Alongside and even inside my bootprints, massive mountain lion tracks. The mountain lion tracks ran the entire length of my three-mile nighttime hike I had done just a few hours before. The lion tracks even circled and paced around the spots I had taken my breaks at. Less than ten yards away from where I would been resting, I had been stalked in complete darkness for more than two hours, in the entirety of three miles by a 200-plus pound predator that can crush my skull with a single bite, all without having the slightest clue it was there. Maybe this doesn't belong here, and maybe it isn't much of a story. It has the advantage or disadvantage of being true. About a year ago, my mother died suddenly of a brain hemorrhage. There were no warnings, no signs. She was quite young. My sister and I found her body slumped over in the bathroom. I spent much of the next few months in a haze of grief and drunkenness. I slept little and dreamt less. The few dreams I did have were vivid and strange. My mother's voice calling from the dark. She was puzzled and incredulous when I tried to tell her that she was dead. One dream in particular stays with me. In this dream, my mother was not enshadowed in dark, but shining with brilliant light. She looked younger and more carefree than I had seen her in a long time. She smiled when she saw me, and I ran to hug her. I asked her how she was doing. She laughed and said she was at peace. Then she grew a bit more serious. She told me not to worry about her. It was me she was worried about. She could see the state I was in. She told me that she wanted me to feel the peace she was feeling. She told me I should join her where she was. Her voice remained light and loving. I backed away a few paces from her. What are you saying, Mom? 
I asked. Come on, sweetie, she said. You're a drunken, miserable loser. What do you have to look forward to? Just do it. It'll be quick and easy. Over before you know it. I shook my head. You're not mom, I said. And then the thing wearing my mother's skin grinned at me, a big gleaming rictus like a mouth being forced open with fish hooks. It shot me a little wave, and then it disappeared. Then I woke up. I'm doing better now. I'm drinking less. I'm in therapy, and I have my family's support. Life is good. I just hope that I never have to see that smile again.